Next on Making Sense of the Madness, today we will expose the Hollywood propaganda machine and the false narrative of J6. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. Well, Tanya Joy is the host of The Tanya Joy Show and another show called Hollywood Decode. Tanya, thanks for joining us here. Can you uh, give us a little background on your career? Because as I understand it, uh, you were canceled before canceling was even a word. Hi, Sean. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, back in the mid-90s, I was actually Miss Illinois and went on to compete at the Miss America pageant and um, was canceled and had no idea what that meant other than at the time I was 19 years old and I just thought they didn't like me. You know, that was, that, it, I took it very personal. Um, but years later now, as I look back and as I'm doing my own show and of course, you know, broadcasting and speaking about truth and being canceled at a very fast pace, it dawned on me, you know, about two years ago, oh my gosh, what I experienced at 19 was cancel culture. And so ultimately what happened was it was during the Clinton reign, if you will, and the book It Takes a Village had just come out or was, you know, popular at that time. When we competed, we had to have a social issue or a social platform that was meaningful to us that we were going to really take the year and um, promote. So as Miss Illinois, I would have traveled the state. I would have gone and, and spoken at schools. I would have spoken at you know board meetings, organizations, groups. I should have been traveling throughout the country even as Miss Illinois, really speaking on an issue that I cared about and was important to me. And the reason I say I should have is that they not only canceled me at Miss America, but they then canceled my entire speaking tour. They fired the booking manager, they fired the travel companion, and they canceled all of the events and and blamed me, saying that nobody wanted me to come. And my platform at the time was family values and the importance of keeping the family unit intact. I had heard about the book, It Takes a Village. I didn't fully understand it because I was young, but I understood it at a high level. And it was very concerning to me because I knew as a Christian and as, as a young woman that if we didn't have a solid mom and dad in place, that the children would not have uh, a sense of stability, that they would really be lacking. And so I started speaking that. I started speaking against uh, It Takes a Village, saying, I understand the concept, but I don't think that's really what we're looking for as a nation, particularly a conservative nation, um, which is what I stand for. And it should have been an issue I stood for. And so the director at the time changed my platform at the last minute. Uh, I didn't realize that they did that. I went to Miss America and ultimately what they call redlined. And so this was paper ballots, the way that they voted at Miss America. I don't know if they still do it that way, but they literally took a red red marker and they would they wrote a line through all of my competition. So I competed, I was on stage, I was on the television show, uh, but I was never actually scored in that and therefore didn't stand a chance. <laughs> All for standing up for family values. That is the one thing that the establishment just doesn't believe in or want anyone to promote. And, and that's shocking, really. 
Uh, fast forward to your corporate career, uh, getting canceled again and, and standing up for your rights. Yeah. So then I, I grew up and, and, uh, ended up having children of my own, ended up sadly going through a divorce. And so now I was really experiencing, you know, what the world kind of talks about. And, and it was kind of interesting how then I ended up in that city, that situation. And I realized, okay, my kids, you know, really need both parents involved. Luckily, I have great parents and my dad stepped in and really stood in as a dad figure to my children. Um, but I had to go back to work, you know, and so I uh, went into corporate America, Was had a very successful decade-long career. I was a senior analyst. My degree's in business finance. I worked my way up, you know, into very, very good positions within different areas of the industry. I worked in actually biotech, biopharma, which was interesting for a while. I worked in finance and then I worked in HR and then COVID hit. And when the mandates started coming down about everyone must be vaccinated, um, not only did I not agree with it because of understanding what was going on, but I also uh, actually have a medical condition and couldn't do it. The, The doctors, you know, that would have been very dangerous for me. And so I kept asking, can I submit my, uh, you know, my, my uh, exclusions, if you will, my letter from the medical and religious exemptions. And I kept getting told, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And I'm like, but you, we have to report this. And I knew I was the only one on the whole team, not vaccinated. Um, the odd thing is we worked fully remote. Our team had never been in person ever. In fact, we had never even met each other um, for three years. So I kept asking, I kept asking, they, they kept pushing it off. And then they said, well, um, I said, can you just tell me who is going to have access to this information? Like if I don't want to report that I like either way, if I just don't want to say whether I'm vaxxed or not, what's going to happen. And, um, I would be put on like, let me go check. And they'd go check within HR and they'd come back and, and say, no, it it really won't matter. And I thought, oh, good grief. Okay. So I submitted, you know, that, no, I'm not. And, uh, very shortly after I received a notice from one of our HR managers that I was being put under investigation and the investigation involved basically me doing my job. They were questioning things that I had been trained to do that I had been doing for three years. And then seven days later, I was fired instantly without recourse, without And you, you had already been canceled before. And so your spidey senses probably were activated and it didn't, uh, you weren't able to be deceived. You knew exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it. Uh, but now, you know, at least you have a platform, you have your, your shows and you can talk about this and stand up for what's right because, uh, you know, you didn't just cower in the corner and just uh, be defeated, right? I mean, you, you just kept on fighting. So tell us what, what it's looked like to share your story and to educate others on what it's like to, to fight this kind of tyranny. Yeah, you know, um, something that's very important to me that I speak a lot about is what it is to be a modern day Esther. And so Esther in the Bible was somebody who went against the government, went against her husband ultimately, and confronted them um, because the the children of God at the time were living by the laws of the Bible and not the laws of the land. And so because of that, uh, the evil Haman decided he was going to kill them all and destroy them. And she was brave enough, knowing she was going to risk her life, to go ag- against this and say, 
I want you to save my people. Like, this is the plot. This is, this is what's going on. And I'm asking you to save my people. And I feel very called in a similar way. This has gone so deep. Um, I've, I've, I've been canceled now on banking platforms because of speaking out on my show. I've been canceled from my website got attacked. I was trying to plan an event. They took that down. And so in many ways that kind of lights a fire under me and I'm a fighter. It's tiring, but I'm not going to stop or back down. So if anything, I've actually gotten louder because of it. And you know, you have to do that very carefully. Um, it, it, it does take courage. It, it's still scary. You know, there's still a lot of days where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But once you know what you know, once you know truth, there's no way to turn back on that. And so I study Esther a lot. I study her life. I study what she did, how she did it. And she was literally willing to lay down everything to stand up for the truth to preserve the future of God's children. And that's a call that I feel I have on my life. And so for me, I'm not going to be silenced. I'm not going to back down. It, it may stop me for a couple of hours because I have to find another way to do something or another path or another route of how to get the message out. Um, but I'm not going to stop because if Esther would have stopped, and it's interesting because today is actually Purim, which is the memory of what she did. And so for me, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep speaking truth. And sure, I'm sure I'll keep getting pushback. But to me, that means that actually what I'm saying is actually really accurate and true because those are the only people they seem to be going after right now. Right. It is a messy process. And yet when we get deplatformed or we get forced into figuring out other ways of doing things, it's actually a blessing because we work with patriots instead of traitors. We, we are building a parallel economy. So, so it's a messy process, but it's for the best. And I like how you, you look to the Bible for inspiration, for, for true courage. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you about Hollywood, what you're exposing on your Hollywood Decoded show as soon as we get back. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. This is just a big picture of who is behind the entertainment industry. You need to understand this. There are six conglomerates, that is it, that own everything. They own history. They own um, our news. They own our sports. They own our children's Nickelodeon. They own everything. Six companies. How hard is it for six people 
to get together and decide what the narrative is going to be and how they can very easily change the narrative, change history, tell our children what they should be. Maybe today you're going to be a cat. Maybe tomorrow you're going to be a dog. Whatever you feel like through media. These are the six main companies. You can take a picture of this if you want. Those companies are owned by two major financial companies, Vanguard and BlackRock. Right? Well, Tanya, that was you educating people at the Clay Clark Reawaken America Tour event. As six companies, six CEOs making all the decisions for all of the cultural uh, programming for us and our children. And it's a spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare here because uh, there's some really dark types of subliminal images and, and narratives here. Can you talk about those? Yeah, it it is really dark and the way of, like the 10,000 view look is that I say we're peeling the lid off of how Satan has been using the entertainment industry as his mouthpiece. And so, yes, there are all these different mountains of influence. You know, our education system is under attack. Our government is under attack. All of the areas, the family, they've, they've all been under attack. But the entertainment industry has been the mouthpiece to spread the lies. So Disney, for instance, they're really one of the largest, particularly attacking the children. Um, they have been putting subliminal messaging in their content for decades. And sadly, many people didn't know or still don't know. I will be honest. I loved Disney growing up. I, I went there every year with my family. I've been on backstage tours. Um, I mean, it was interesting. When I was 13, I went on a backstage tour for a whole day tour, and they took us down into their underground. And I mean, it doesn't, it's not dark. It looks like just a regular city, but it's all their underground tunnels, their underground business. Their, everything they do is underground. And at the time I thought it was so cool. I thought I want to be the voice of a Disney princess. I want to sing for Disney. And now all these years later, I find how interesting that God prepared me, allowing me to see all that behind the scenes um, to now be able to expose and talk about what I am. And so, yeah, there's, if you start looking, I mean, Peter Pan, um, the great Mouseketeers, um, the, the old DuckTales, they've got imagery on their back wall that says, ask about the Illuminati multiple times. The, the show called Zack and Cody, there's imagery uh, on the bottom of a skateboard that's the all-seeing eye. Or uh, in fact, there's a, a goofy, I think goofy Pluto type cartoon, and they're holding three um, suckers, like, you know, the candy suckers. And on those are pedophile symbols. This is an all-out attack, and they're mocking us. The, the devil is literally mocking those who aren't aware by putting it so blatant out in front. And what I really like to challenge people is, number one, if you've got a Disney account, you've got to drop it. You've got to get rid of it. We cannot give them money. We've got to take action and put our money where our mouth is right. Like what we're saying, we can't just talk about this anymore. We've got to bring them down. They're taking hits. Disney is taking major, major hits. When you start looking at Walt himself, he was a very troubled individual. And out of that, out of that pain, out of that trauma, he made a lot of bad choices. He, he was 
definitely involved in the Freemasonry. He was um, actually kind of most likely, from all the research I've done, most likely he was kind of grandfathered in to the Freemasons. And that so it's hard to find, you know, there's kind of some proof that he was in the 33rd degree Freemasonry. Then on other sites, it's hard to do the research on it. And it's mostly because he was grandfathered in um, as a child, as, as a young boy. But all over Disney grounds, they've got the 33rd club. They've got threes, three threes all over the grounds. When you turn Mickey Mouse's ears sideways, it kind of looks like a 33. It's, it's like that, that's, you know, that symbol of his ears. If you turn that, it looks like a three. This is not, um, it, it is subliminal, but it's only subliminal if you're not paying attention. Right. Once your eyes well, are well, open. Well, there are two sides to it. Yeah, there's the subliminal stuff. There's the pedophile symbols. There's the things you have to look for. It's in some corner of a cartoon. But then now, nowadays, they've really accelerated this, and they started putting things right out in the open, like uh, cross-dressing uh, oh, drag yeah. queens for for kids programming for toddlers, not not just for for older kids who might be able to wrap their head around it. Uh, for kids that are just learning how to speak, uh, already programming them uh, regarding this LGBTQ and trans agenda. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's really interesting. Um, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, you know, what, about a year ago now, um, that set off a uh, like an acceleration, if you will. I know that the LGBT, that, that's been a movement that's not new. I mean, honestly, when you look in the Bible, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. The Amorites, the Hittites, those people groups, their culture, they were, this was very common for them. So this is nothing new. But in our day and age, there has been an absolute acceleration and push. And it really seemed to kick in after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And what I believe is the reason for it is that I believe if the devil can get someone's identity, they can then he can steal their destiny. And so we've got now these drag queen uh, story hours. And now I've been seeing, I've been getting them sent to me, um, these, these like shows, if you will. I'm not exactly sure why. It looks like they're in a preschool. There's all these parents sitting on the floor and they've got babies on their lap. There are kids that are playing on the floor and there are transgender dancers dressed extremely hypersexual and they're dancing and they're, they're, you know, moving on the ground and they're doing very inappropriate things with these little toddlers crawling around them. And I believe that the reason that they're doing that and going at these young kids is again, if you can get someone's identity, all he, all Satan has to do is get someone to question who they are. And once he gets them to go, well, I don't really think I am who I am. I don't really think who I was born to be is really who I am. Well, now he's got them so distracted any destiny God put in them, which we, I believe every person has a destiny put in them from the moment of conception. Right. There's a reason why you're born. There's a reason why you're here. He can now steal that destiny, which prevents people from moving into who God really created them to be. That's the whole uh, transgender yeah. movement, the root of it, in my opinion. Yeah, there's the individual destiny of, of people uh, of their own lives, and then there's the the their nature according to their gender. You know, if you're a man, you have uh, a duty to protect. If you're a woman, you have a duty to nurture. And so, to subvert those our very nature uh, is, of course, uh, very satanic. Can you talk a little bit about how when kids are in school and they're exposed to this type of curriculum? 
or, or there's a culture, like there's a trend on TikTok and they get sucked into it and they start questioning their own nature and they start getting approval and getting incentives for actually being trans or, or questioning their sexuality or whatever, how that can lead them astray. I know this is uh, this hits close to home for you. Yeah, it's very personal to me. Um, I have um, three children and my oldest daughter um, is dealing with this. She um, gets very mad at me for talking about it. Um, we don't have much communication, sadly. Um, but I don't look at it as this is my daughter who's doing this. I look at it as Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy her, which is what the Bible says very clearly his motive is. But what is happening is that our schools are pushing this through the libraries. They're putting this these books into the libraries. There are so many stories now of, of parents standing up to the schools and saying, we don't want these books in our library or we don't want them in the curriculum. And so schools are getting, they're getting sneaky and they're going, okay, we'll take it out of the curriculum, but then they put it on the shelves in the library. So it's very easy for a child to stumble upon them. We know that when things come in through our eyes, when they come in through our eye gate, they kind of make an imprint on the brain, right? And so they've done studies on pornography. When somebody looks at pornography, it is it creates the same dopamine serotonin rush as cocaine. In fact, even more intense than cocaine. And it becomes very, very difficult for them to get away from that. So when we see that now the, this is pornographic material, that's the bottom line. It's, it's truly pornographic. The imagery is unbelievable. And when a child, a little child sees that, that starts a new um, brain pattern and it literally creates a trauma in their brain. So when you can get that in there at a five-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, by the time they're 12, 10, and they're starting to go through puberty, it's not going to be uncommon for them to start questioning their identity and who they are because now their brain has been filled with this imagery. Right. And um, it's yeah. very Creating dangerous. Kind of an addiction in a way. Uh, and, and what you said earlier is, is that Satan distracts us. And so to, it grabs your attention and it keeps people focused in the wrong direction, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. A hundred percent. And again, it's that, uh, it's that goal to steal, kill and destroy. So if he can steal who you are, if he can steal your identity and your destiny, he's, he's got that person locked up and he can move on to the next one. Because then I think what happens is their, their mind becomes spiraling. And so everything in their life is consumed. You know, we, we see that with the LGBT community, they come across as if they're the inclusive, right? That Oh, everybody's accepted and we just love and accept unless you don't agree with their methodology and their ideology. And then they actually come after you. They don't want to just be able to do what they want to do. They want the conservatives to not only agree with them, but to support it, which means then we have to lay down our values and our belief systems. But yet if we say to them, well, no, actually, you should lay down your belief systems people are are put in jail their businesses are canceled they are absolutely the opposite of an you know inclusive uh mindset yeah they, we've seen their heads explode we're having meltdowns when people you know challenge them uh, but we also know the statistics that people who are transgendered are much more likely to commit suicide and yet that's not talked about uh can you tell us about what you're doing, your, your shows, where people can connect with you, learn more about your work? 
Yes, absolutely. So um, my show, you can, the, people can find me anywhere really under, um, if they do a search for Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. We're in the middle of doing some rebranding, but um, on Rumble is where my show, all of my shows are. So uh, they can find all the archives and everything on Rumble. My website is tanyajoy.tv, and that's in the process of kind of some some changes and some shifting, but they'll be able to find all of my information there as well. I'm on Facebook, Clout Hub, um, Brighteon. I'm kind of out on all the main platforms. I'm in the process of trying to get some some help so that it can get dispersed, you know, greater and farther and wider. But um, yeah, ultimately, I, I just have a passion to save our children, to save the future generations of God's people. I don't want to see them. Uh, destroyed. I don't want to see them, you know, these kids are called. I, I don't think it's coincidence that we're seeing revivals break out at college campuses around the country at the same time that that same age group is really the predominant age group that's being pulled into this gender ideology and and uh, transgender mindsets. You know, God is going, nope, I'm going to raise up a standard and these these kids are also going to be impacted greatly. And those kids that then will probably be the ones that stand up very strong against this in the next you know decade or two is my guess. Yeah, it's very interesting. And, and I agree with you that there's a move of God going on and uh, his spirit will prevail. So thank you for being a part of that and, and sharing your story today. Really appreciate you coming on, Tanya. Next up, we have Alicia Powell. She is an investigative journalist. Her work is featured in the Gateway Pundit and Project Veritas. We're going to talk all about the breaking footage, the unseen footage of January 6th that's destroying the J6 narrative as soon as we get back. Lindell and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. With everything going on right now, your rest is so important. That's why we're having the biggest my pillow sale ever. Not only are my bed pillows as low as $19.98, but you can get the best body pillows ever. Regular $89.98, now only $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Please order now while quantities last. Why are you here protesting uh, the overturn of Roe versus Wade? Because I am directly protesting the violation to the right for my privacy from a tyrannical government. So you don't want the government interfering with your body is what you're Correct. saying? Correct. Do you support vaccine mandates? Yes, I do. That's really perplexing. So you don't mind when the government tells you to take an experimental mRNA technology to go to work or to leave your house or to go to school. Why is that was Alicia Powell. She is an investigative journalist featured in the Gateway Pundit and Project Veritas. Alicia, thanks for joining us. You know, today is a big day for January 6th as Tucker Carlson videos are making the rounds, destroying that mainstream narrative. So you've been covering J6 for a while. Can you tell us what, what concerns you about the mainstream narrative about January 6th? 
Well, first, I wasn't at the Capitol on January 6th. When I worked with Project Veritas on January 6th, I was capturing ballot harvesting real time with my undercover cameras watching the election getting stolen. And thankfully, I didn't go travel to Washington, D.C. that day. I was invited to by people who worked with the administration. I could have been there. I, I, I felt like as a patriot and someone who just watched the coup of our electoral system and our executive branch happen in real time, as we all did, like we should show up or do something or stand up. And so now my friends, at least two of my friends and other good, innocent people are in solitary confinement and on trial, finally, after their due process has been denied and they've been treated like al-Qaeda terrorists and Osama bin Laden. Yeah, it's crazy. Held without uh, bail a lot of the times as well. It's just unprecedented. So there's all the injustices to the defendants. Uh, but what about the other issues of January 6th that uh, Democrats and the unselect committee have been pushing uh, that now we're finding out, of course, you and I probably already knew a lot of it because we researched it, but the normies out there, the regular average people are just finding out about a lot of things, especially with Tucker breaking some stories today. Any, any feedback on that? Well, I wish people would find out a lot about a lot more things while it's happening and stop allowing the government to prevail with this tyranny because we don't need 14,000 hours of surveillance footage or 40,000 hours of surveillance footage to see that the government set the people up. In fact, I, as, uh, after attending the Proud Boys trial, periodically and sometimes daily for the past two months or since Jan the, the year started, we discovered that during discovery and during cross-examination that the FBI created the 1776 returns document that they used to entrap the Proud Boys. And I'll pull the document up here. My colleague, Cara Kashinova, did an excellent job on this report. And they entrapped the Proud Boys uh, by claiming that they, there was a plan to storm the Capitol. Now, the prosecution's witness, Jeremy Bertino, a former Proud Boy in a North Carolina chapter, uh, he decided to cooperate with the government. And throughout many times throughout his uh, while the FBI has investigated him, the, he's spoken to the J uh, select the select committee and he's purged himself repeatedly because he says all along there was no plan. There was no plan. And I that there's another uh, post I just did on that. I tried did my best to capture the transcription between the attorneys in the courtroom because. There's no other, there's just the New York Times that's going to report on this, uh, which is a lie, which is the prosecution, the government is just lying to us and putting Enrique Tarrio, Joseph Biggs, and other, uh, Ethan Nordine, all these defendants behind bars, where one, one former J6 defendant, Coy Griffin of New Mexico, compared that three weeks or, or a few weeks that he was in solitary confinement to being buried alive and you're buried. They bury you alive oh, and torture. you decide to work and cooperate with the government. 
Imagine. Right. That's this where is we're something at. We're we don't even do with that. Uh... Ray Epps was a lie. We're starting to see it's too late, too little, too late. Or yeah, is that's it a good not? Point. What are we going mean... to do? Yeah, I mean, you can't fix what's already happened, right? Uh, you're, you're right about that. It's torture what they've done to some of these defendants. Uh, things we wouldn't do to our worst enemies as prisoners of war, we're doing to our own citizens. Um, and we got to get into the breaking story here. Donald Trump is saying that this is historic, uh, one of the most historic stories ever that Tucker is breaking because he had exclusive access. And, and so that, there's Donald Trump's statement that he put out today. Uh, you can read that on the screen, but uh, let's get into some of the some of the narratives that are being destroyed. Uh, we've heard that Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer, was slain by protesters, and of course that story was debunked a long time ago. But we're finding out that it's even different from what we learned before. So let's take a look. How he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie the Democrats have told us about January 6th. That's a really big accusation to say that January 6th protesters murdered a Capitol police officer, and uh, that's completely disproven. Do you think uh, this will have an impact? Well, no, at this point, it seems like nothing will have an impact because we don't need audits over and over again to see the election was stolen. We don't need all this surveillance footage to see it, but it does verify the truth. First of all, how many J6 defendants were taking selfies with the police officer and waved into the Capitol? The fact that that was that's a variable. That's a, a fact of January 6th. On what other day, anyone that spent time on Capitol Hill, as I have as a reporter, I've worked in the speaker's lobby. There's no entry to the building. When it's closed, it's closed for miles. You're not allowed to be waved in and taking selfies. This is absolute absurdity. While people were walking around, just as Tucker Carlson shows in reverence of the Capitol or taking selfies, and they were peaceful like they were at most protests that I've been at, most pro-Trump patriotic demonstrations, whereas they were also infiltrated by Antifa, John Sullivan, bragging about wearing a MAGA hat and happening to be where Ashley Babbitt was murdered at the same time, happened to pay be paid $30,000 for that footage that he documented, he captured of Ashley Babbitt's death. No questions, no uh, outrage. When are the American people going to say, okay, we don't need to second guess ourselves that the election was stolen. We don't need to second guess ourselves that COVID is a bio attack. Uh, we don't need to second guess ourselves so much. The fact that we're powerless, but we're not powerless. I think that's what we have to wake up and realize. And we have all the evidence in the world that shows that it's a coup we've of we've our already, electoral system with Satanism. We've already had Right. We've already had enough evidence to work with. Uh, and, and yet the January 6th Unselect Committee has 
you know, clipped up footage and, and showed things without context and, and hidden a lot of it. More of it coming out. Remember the QAnon shaman, the, uh, the face of January 6th, the guy with the face paint and the buffalo head? Well, there's more footage of him that kind of destroys the narrative regarding him. Uh, I believe he got sentenced to four years. Let's take a look. Dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th. The well, you know, that makes you wonder if they even could have found the chamber that they wanted to get to if it wasn't for the police officers escorting them and showing them where to go. Precisely. And imagine, just add to the fact that some people weren't there. Some people didn't go to the Capitol. For example, proud my friend, Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio didn't go. And what we see during the trial, just like you saw during the J6 committee hearing and just like we see the government continue to do is they'll crop a page 35 of text messages they documented our free we don't have free speech the government's just going to screenshot any kind of emotion that you feel at any given time of the day and use it in a case against you so they'll flip to what you said on thursday and skip cut a little piece out from what you said on friday and blend the two together and if your defense attorneys can't go and find that that invalid point then they're using that evidence against you. That's what we're seeing happen in the Proud Boys trial. So what now? We see, we see this J6 defendant four years, four years in prison while for praying in the Capitol. And we're just going to let it happen and act like it's not happening. Or what are we going to do? I think we should stop complaining and focus on the solutions. Well, one of the solutions could be uh, voting for Donald Trump, fixing election integrity so that he can do the pardons that he's talking about doing. What are some other strategies? Well, first of all, I think there's a thin line between uh, raising awareness and deciding to fight. And how are you going to fight? First, we need to put pressure on our lawmakers. That's the avenue we have if the law still exists today. And we're not doing that. We're too much being a vain society and believing that propaganda that's being sold to us. At what point are we, we're, you had a, a long segment on transgenderism and Satanism and all this stuff permeating every aspect of our society right now is what it seems. And we have to, at some point, turn it off, uh, you know, uh, turn it off 
and don't expose your kids to it by complaining about it and focus our energy on self-care and creating a beautiful environment around us while they're selling us poverty and sickness constantly. At the same time, use the avenues we do have and go and if, if Donald, I want to see Donald Trump visit the jail. I've gone to visit my friends at the jail. I'm not going to treat them like insurrectionist terrorists. These are innocent people who just showed up. As uh, Norm Pattis said, Trump said, jump. These men said, how high? And that's a good point, President Trump. Uh, if we're going to ask, look for him for the future leadership. So far, we've watched at the very least, Trump at the end just got bombarded with this coup as well. That's what we know. And it's up to we the people now. I don't think it's on some great next leader. Mm -hmm. So we, we do need to put pressure on, on whoever we can. Uh, you talked about, uh, I believe you're referencing congressional leaders. Uh, so put the pressure on them, put the pressure on Trump. Uh, and any, any other place where we, an inflection point, we can, we can get involved. I mean, really just pray. There's a way to donate to some of these cases. When you start following along, I'm sure you'll be compelled to. Um, but we can't also be so angry. It's a point where we're at war, but we're not fighting back. We're just complaining and making it. And the, and the, the paradigm that they're focusing on is intended to make us sick and powerless and to enslave our conscience. And so... Where does it stop? That's it's really where a matter of, of, of doing something. <laughs> if, if all of us did something, anything at all, it would make a big difference. We are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk more about Ray Epps, who he is, what he said, and what he did, and how it goes against his sworn testimony as soon as we get back. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Whether it's a daughter or a son looking for help and next steps for their aging parents or grandparents, or if it's just you out there that's confused as to when do you trigger certain type of services that can fit your situation. We partner with people all across the nation as to how to help fill in the gaps for our clients. So if you have a question about one of these services and when to trigger it, call Grave Care today because we have an advocate for you that can help you with your specific need. One of the enduring mysteries of January 6th is the role that intelligence and law enforcement agencies played in the events of that day. We know there was some number of undercover federal agents in the crowd at the Capitol. Officials have since admitted that under oath. But what exactly were they doing there? The January 6th committee worked hard to hide the answer to that question. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. 
His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half an hour. You're seeing that on your screen now. What was Epps doing there? We can't say, but we do know that he lied to investigators. The January 6th committee likely knew this too. Democrats had access to the same tape, yet they defended Ray Epps. No honest investigation would do that. Well, Alicia, this brings an important point to mind, the idea that January 6th was a Fed surrection, that there were Feds planted, and who knows how many, because they won't admit exactly who and how many, but uh, you've been looking into these various uh, groups, Proud Boys and so forth. Uh, have you talked to various people who believe that there were feds embedded within those uh, organizations? I think it's obvious this was the FBI coordinated to be set up against the American people the same way the FBI was uh, running a coup against, uh, of the Trump administration in front of our eyes. I mean, the Russia probe, the Corona, all of it. It's all an attack, a war that they won, a hijacking of our system in the middle of the night. It was a stick up on November 3rd. And if you dare talk about it or go protest with the president they just removed, who rightfully won, then you're going to jail. And we're going to, uh, you can cooperate with us or you can uh, spend 20 years. And you're looking at the Proud Boys trial. Joe Biggs went to the, walk through the Capitol for 20 minutes, use the restroom approximately. He went in for a few minutes to help someone find their son. Uh, Enrique Tarrio was not there. Uh, and they're looking at actually 80 years in prison with the charges. 80 years. Why? This is how we're, uh, our government's holding us hostage right in front of us via the vaccine mandates, via the hospital deaths from COVID that they uh, killed people to hyperinflate the COVID numbers. Uh, don't expect, why do we all think that Trump's going to win in 2024? Even if he earned more votes than any president in history combined, we would never know it because that's where we left off and we're just suddenly getting more proof of what we already know. We saw the numbers spike on November 3rd, straight mathematically improbable, and we're still scraping for evidence. I'm not trying to there incite There is a connection war. here. It's, it's, not, it's not just January 6th. You mentioned a, a whole bunch of other scandals that really involve the same, the same government tyranny and control. Uh, but getting back to January 6th, uh, you know, Ray Epps was the number two guy at the Oath Keepers and it's Oath Keepers and Proud Boys are being accused of orchestrating a, a coup, an insurrection. And uh, many of them, you know, looking at time in prison, even you mentioned someone who wasn't even there, uh, you know, being being accused. And and yet Ray Epps is, is uh, you know, covered by The New York Times and the, the Unselect Committee They They consider him an ally. They protect him. Why would they do that? 
The New York Times is the FBI, is the deep state, just as the Antifa protesters are the government minion insurrectionists. So, I mean, think about if we saw just that's why they are part of the coup. We know that. Um, We know that there's no uh, Antifa protesting the government now. As long as Joe Biden was installed, the government's choice, the World Economic Forum this choice to destroy this nation from within and every other way. Well, let's talk, let's shift gears and talk about big pharma and uh, the pandemic, because a lot of people think to themselves, these normies are thinking, oh, it's all over. You know, Joe Biden went to a car show. He said the pandemic's over. Uh, People aren't uh, wearing masks. They're not forced to wear masks a a lot anymore. Uh, And yet it's not really over, is it? There are still people who are affected. My wife is a Brazilian citizen. She's not allowed to visit the United States. She's not allowed to get a green card and, and live and work there because she's not vaccinated. The world's top tennis player is not allowed to enter the United States this week to compete because he's not vaccinated. And we still don't have accountability for all the people who, who pulled off this scam. So uh, there is a shifting narrative, though. We are gaining some ground in the narrative warfare about the origins of COVID. Any comment on where we're at with the the pandemic. Well, I mean, it's like if we would have said no to the hoax, to the charade in the beginning, it wouldn't have gotten so bad. If we didn't put the mask on or were convinced somehow, what seemed logical to me when I was in first grade didn't apply anymore. But then it comes to germs and social distancing, it wouldn't have gotten away with so much. But now let they the the powers that be the leaders of the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, they say outright that they want to continuously perpetuate the state of emergency. Emergency. There's one emergency after another, one manufactured, obviously manufactured crisis after another, another so they can institute their plans. I mean, COVID seems just as suspicious as the East Ohio train derailment and all the synchronicities that happened to float around that that really just show the government is now so brazen they leave evidence of their crime all around and there's nothing you can do about it you peasants you slaves so right covid let's talk about that so because we have east palestine uh, east palestine is uh, you know a government cover up going on there it was the governor of ohio and the governor of pennsylvania and the federal government who signed off on an uncontrolled burn uh, to, all the chemicals went down uh, culvert there they they burned it it went into the air and the water and so forth so it's a major it's almost like the nord stream attack it's a major eco disaster uh, caused by the Biden regime, and yet it's not the only disaster in Ohio. I mean, I'm seeing there's another train derailment in Ohio. There's another chemical fire in Ohio. It's just one thing after another. And coincidentally, a lot of times here in Ohio where there's this important distribution, getting things from the East Coast to the West Coast and back and forth, uh, going through that industrial heartland of America. uh, Can you describe when you see all of these food processing facilities, catching on fire, seeing all these train derailments. What kind of lens do you see it through? How do you think about this problem? Because uh, I think the average person is still still asleep on this one. Well, I think for one, it's become clear that we're being experimented on. Our psychology is being experimented on. I mean, collectively. 
And I think COVID shows that in ways I couldn't have imagined beyond politics is this, this tribal kind of group think that a lot of people are susceptible more than we would have imagined. And it continues on because you got to wonder if these evil, these foes of humanity, whoever, the, the who, the WEF, the Biden regime, they want to kill us all. They could just kill us all. They could just drop a whatever and kill us all. But they're not doing that. They're leaving the evidence of their crimes kind of in your face. It's so obvious. Yeah, we we killed you. Yeah, we are putting you in jail. What It's like a taunt. What are you going to do about it? We're just going to drive you crazy. And then it becomes, well, what's the solution again? Because at what point is there the hot war? And then at what point is there this other metaphysical war that we need to tap into? And I think, um, you know, meditating, praying, making your life better and not getting filled with hate while doing something about right. it and remaining aware. Yeah, you talked about experimenting on our collective psychology. And what, what came to mind is the phrase trauma-based mind control, like just more bad news. A lot of it's like a psyop where the actual disaster in, isn't as bad as the fear, just like COVID uh, mostly affected the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions. It wasn't like it was going to kill all of us, never was going to, but it was the fear that it would that did more harm than the actual uh, virus. And, and perhaps the same thing with a lot of uh, these things we see in the news, the murder hornets. Remember those? I mean, that was just a story that came and and people scared the crap out of everyone. Uh, monkey pox. It just seems like one thing after another to scare people. Uh, and, and now we learned this week that in uh, in UK, uh, the government was trying to deploy a new variant narrative just to scare people into getting a vaccine. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation. This is good stuff as soon as we get back. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Here's what you missed at the last Ask the Expert. A great question. Uh, uh, But when I see the wickedness that is being uh, imposed on these children, it is heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. You ask the questions. You participate. Next time, interact with Dr. Mark Sherwood. Ask the Expert, every Thursday night at 8.30, only on Amp Insider. Welcome to a new era of connecting patriots, Amp Insider. We are talking to investigative journalist Alicia Powell. So Alicia, can you tell us about what you're working on, the shows that you have, uh, you know, how people can connect with you and learn more about your work? Uh, yes, I've been writing with the Gateway Pundit for years. Uh, I'm also hosting a show on Red Voice Media. It started off as a weekly show, but now I'm just going to be uploading as many shows as possible and writing at Gateway Pundit, uh, working on the Proud Boys trial as well, because I see my two you know, f- pretty good friends sitting there facing 20 to 80 years in prison. So I spent a lot of time in the courtroom, uh, probably will this week again, just to 
show support and catch the government lie to us about January 6th. That's so important to have people on the ground because, like you said before, uh, it might just be the New York Times there capturing things and spinning things a certain direction. Uh, how could things change with uh, the Republicans in Congress, uh, McCarthy giving the access to, to Tucker? Uh, you know, do you see anything different happening? Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about doing an investigation at the D.C. Gulag. Are there any bright spots? We've been kind of... Uh, Debbie Downers on the show today. What are some things that could improve? Certainly what could improve is people's ability to be honest and call people out when they do wrong. Like, uh, we can't all just act like President Trump didn't say the vaccines were safe after we just learned how many people it killed. Or just, like, and I think it's from a micro and a macro perspective always. We can't just, I mean... We've got to take accountability. Conservative media has failed in many regards. Uh, media itself, it's like, are we going to, we're the real reporters who would go and hold fire under a politician and get demand answers about January 6th. It takes funding, it takes resources to move these kind of mountains. And I think everyone's attention is on the poison, right? We're, we're kind of expanding and magnifying the poison we're being sold. We're Instead, over here, distracted, scrolling through the very thing we should not uh, uh, permit in our consciousness, which is this Satanism, drag queen, pedophile. We shouldn't be using the word pedophile every day. We need to, like, at some point, turn them off. And then and I, like, right. I suspect that's a strike, a boycott, <laughs> a prayer. Right. Right. Well, you mentioned prayer several times. I think that's worthy of uh, repeating because it is. this is spiritual warfare. And you mentioned kind of cleansing our palate and our mind of all the negativity. So, you know, self-care, balancing our life and focusing on what we can do. Uh, that's so important. Thank you, Alicia. I really appreciate your time today. We're going to continue to follow your work on Red Voice Media and Gateway Pundit. Really appreciate it. And thank you for watching AmpNews.us. We are America's Patriot-only network. And you can register on ampnews.us for Amp Insider. That's where every Thursday you can talk to our show host, get your questions answered in a live chat. Get my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck. is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. RateLock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide income that you can't outlive. 
Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. We'd love to have you on board.